Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now on Masachet Pesachim, Daf Memhe Amud Aleph. About to take a look at the first half, really almost the entire second Mishnah, and this is the third parak. Batsek Shvisidke Arevai. If you have a basket and in the holes of the basket there's some dough. If in one place there's a kazait of chametz, you have to destroy it. Ve'im lav batel miuto. If not, then it's nullified. You ignore it. You don't have to do anything. Now, there's a parallel here, which we'll investigate in the Gemara, to Tum'ah, which works as follows. Which means if there's something in the basket that you want to get rid of, some dough in the basket you want to get rid of, then it's Chotzeitz Bifnei Tum'ah, it can be a block in front of Tum'ah. But if you want to leave it there, then it becomes part of the basket. In other words, it's nullified to the basket and does not serve as an external foreign agent, which is then a block to Tum'ah. Now, Shmuel made a comment, but it's unclear if he made it on the ratio of the Seifa of the first half of the Mishnah. He said, this is only true in a place where the <laughs> dough <coughs> was not put in in order to strengthen the basket. But where you use the dough to actually strengthen the basket, you don't have to get rid of it. And the implication is, well, we'll see. If it's less than a kazayir, so that means if the dough is being used to support and strengthen the basket, like glue, then even if it's more than a kazayir, you don't have to get rid of it. But even if it's not being used for that, which would be more chamur, it would have an independent existence, nonetheless, if it's less than a kazayir, you don't have to get rid of it. Now, some people learn that Shmuel's comment, which is a flip comment, was really on the second half. We said that if it is less than a kazayit, it's batel. That's only true when the dough is being used to support the basket. When it's not there for that reason, it's there on its own as dough, you have to get rid of it, implying that even if it's less than a kazayit. The kazayit so implies that if it's greater than a kazayit, even if it's being used to strengthen and support the basket, you still have to get rid of it. Now, we have a bright of supporting each version of this take on Shmuel. Which is, if it's being used there to support it, it doesn't block, it's not a, a violation um, of chametz. But if it's not being used for chizuk, then it is a chatzitzah, and you violate bali or bali matzeh. In other words, it has an independent existence. Uh, that's only if it's a kazayit. If it's less than that, then if it's even not even sitting there independently, not being used to help support the basket, it is not chatzitz and you don't violate. Pesach, like the first one, which is lenient. Tanya Kleish Tabacha, we have a brighter that supports the second version, stringently. But if it's being used to support it, when does this apply? When if it's less than a Kazayit, then we distinguish between its purposes as supporting the basket or not. Kazayit, but if it's a Kazayit, even if it's being there, used there to support the basket, Chotzeitz v'over. Okay. 
Kashan Adadi. Now we clearly have a uh, contradiction between these brightot. Ravuna, some may kill to become a chamirta. Ravuna's solution was that the first brightot that we saw, which is lenient, should be deleted. It's errant. Rav Yosef Amar, no, you don't have to do that. Tanoi, shaklat mi'alma. Are you ignoring the fact that we have machloket tanaim and each brightot could be from a different school? Tanoi, Tanya, as we find in the following brightot, pacha if you have bread that went moldy. Because you could grind it up and then use it to leaven other breads. That's only if it was kept around for food. Let's say you have some piece of like this sourdough or something like that that you use to sit down on it or something, some other purpose. Kind of like plugging up a basket, but la. Now, so he says, So Tanakama says that if it is being used for a different non-food purpose, it's not batel. So if it's a full kazayat, even though you're it from being used for food, it's not batel. So that could be the more stringent brighter. Amali Abai, Abai turned to Rav Yosef and said, You answered the contradiction between the two brightot about a kazait. But, you haven't solved that contradiction because according to the first brightot, no matter what its use is okay, according to the second brightot, it has to be used to support the basket to be okay. Both brightot follow If it's at the place where you're, that you, that you needed it, Right there, <coughs> as opposed to when you brought it in from somewhere else. Don't think that it means that you had to be um, kneading it right on top of the rim. It have to be on the at the lip of the rim. I might think that it drips down. That it doesn't. We rule like Rav Shimon Lazar. Aini v'hamar v'yitzchak bar Ashi amarav imtach paneha betit batla. If you if you took this um, dough that you were going to use for some other purpose, like sitting down with it, um, and um, and you covered it with sort of mortar batel tach in lo tach lo. So you have to actually do something to it physically, not just put it somewhere. To make it batel. So, the answer is those are taught by two different schools whether or not you have to actually activate it, and that would be their version of Rosh Hashem Lazar, and the other version of Rosh Lazar is just what you intended to do with it is enough. The other version is he said, we don't rule like that. Because they read this as not being two versions of Rosh Hashem but rather as an opposing position that says it's not enough to intend to use this chametz for something else. You actually have to do something to it to make it no longer food. So let's say you have two half kazetim and there's like stringy dough between them. Rowin, uh, you have to see. So if you would take that string away and some of the bread would come with it, that ties them together. You have a kazetim, you have to get rid of it. If not, the two independent half kazetim and you don't have to get rid of them. So that's only true if they're in a basket of al meaning they're just sitting there together in the house. Why? Because we assume them to all be used together. Sometimes you put them together, they'll fall on each other and be stuck together, and then you've got a full kazayit. 
they asked the question. What if you have a half kazait in the house, half in the loft? One half a kazait in the house, half a kazait on the portico. One house inside of the other, and half kazait in each. Mahu, is that considered unified so that you need to get rid of it or not? The answer is take to all of those. Let's say bread got so moldy that a person can't eat it. But a dog could. It still has tumat ochlin if it's kabeitza. And you burn it with the trumatmea for pesach. It's not metame. Now, so that's the, the machloket in the brighta. Now, if we have the following mission, let's see how it works out. Here's the rule about tarot. Anything that's only for human consumption. Is, is tame and can be getuma until it's no longer edible by a dog. Now, command the local Rabinatan. That doesn't follow Rabinatan because Rabinatan said this bread that went moldy and only a dog could eat it is not matame anymore. Tarabanan, arevata abdanin, shinatan letocha kemach. You have a basket used by uh, tanners and they put some flour into the basket. Within the first three days, you've got to get rid of it. Korum stoshemim. If it was there three days ago, meaning if it was in the last three days before Pesach, you have to get rid of it. If it's earlier than that, because now it's all gunky and not worth to eat. That's if you didn't put any pelts in there. They would use a, um, flour as part of the process of tanning a hide. If you put pelts in there, even if you did it the day before Pesach, and you put pelts in there, you don't have to because it's really not edible anymore. And that's what and again, his position that if as long, long as it's no longer fit, fit for human consumption, it's gone. And he says, we rule like Rabbi Natan, even if it was done the day before, even an hour before. Okay, so now our Mishnah then said, So midami, the two aren't comparable. The is a little strange. In the case of the uh, first part of the Mishnah of Chametz, we made a shear about it, which is Kazayit. If it's Kazayit, yes. If less than a Kazayit, no. Here, this, this part of, of the Mishnah said that as long as you're makbid on it, it doesn't matter how big or how small it is, if you want it gone, then it has a separate existence. And if you don't care, then it's Batel. So he said, you're right, the Mishnah should read Tuma is different, not the same. That's a big switch in the Mishnah. Amar so Abaye said, but our Mishnah says, there's too many words there to change uh, the transmission. This is what it really means. The issue of combining things on Pesach for Tuma, meaning that it's, it, it depends on Kpeda and perhaps a Kashir, the But during the rest of the year, as far as Tuma goes, then it's different. Hechidami, let's see, you can go into Ika Pachot Mi Kabeitza Ochlin, you have less than a Kabeitza of food. Vinagu Bahai Batsek, and they touched this dough that we had in the first half of the Mishnah. Pesach Disuro Chashuv, on Pesach, since it's Asur, and therefore it gives it significance because you got rid of, get rid of it, Mitztaref, and the two parts are Mitztaref. However, Vishayimotashana, the rest of the year, and this is where the Sefer comes in, to be kpeda talia milta, it's dependent really on what your own sense of kpeda is. 
So what he's saying is that the Mishnah is somewhat dense, meaning the first half subsumes in it the issue of Tuma also during Pesach, and then the second half explicitly talks about the issue of Tuma, which is different, uh, during the rest of the year. That is somewhat similar to Rabbi Yehuda saying that Tuma is different, but it ties it in with being the same on Pesach. Matkifa um, Rava. So Rava challenged it. The Mishnah doesn't say that it's mitztaref. The Mishnah talks about one thing, whether it's chotzeitz, bifnei atuma. Meaning it's similar, it's similar to Pesach, is to bring tahara into the basket. If you have a hachareva, this basket got tamay. You want to put it in the mikvah. It's a material that goes in the mikvah. Pesach disur chashuv on Pesach when the isur in there is significant because you have to get rid of it if it's a kazayit in one place. Chotzeitz then that kazayit is chotzeitz and chatzitza here is not bifnei atuma bifnei hamikvah bifnei hatahara. Well, sakal atvila atvila doesn't work. The rest of the year bikveda taliyimilta. Then all we care about is kveda, like the regular rules of mikvah. What set Rava off was both the words chotzeitz and makpid, which are both chiefly or show up certainly in the context of tefillah and successful or unsuccessful tefillah. So again, by the way, everybody does agree that the second half is not similar to the first half. The question is, what's the bridge? So Abai says the bridge is Tuma and Rava says the bridge is Tahara. So now next generation of Papa challenges his Rebbe and says, Miktani v'chein linyan tahara. The, the v'chein does not compare them for tahara. Halinyan tuma karaktan, says, v'chein linyan tuma. Alamar Papa, his solution is, v'chein linyan lohorid tuma l'arivah, to make the arivah tamay. Hechidamin, gon denaga sheretz b'hai batzeik. A sheretz touched this same dough. It was half a kazayit, or less, in one place, or a kazayit. The Pesach, the Isuro Chashuv on Pesach, because it's so significant because of the Isur, Chotzeitz. It is Chotzeitz and actually blocks the Tumah from coming in. V'lonachta la Tumah. V'shari motashana, the rest of the year, the Kepeda Talia, it's about Kepeda, imakpira lav Chotzeitz, if you care about it, it's Chotzeitz, but if not, then it's like the basket, and the basket is now Tameh. Okay, but everybody agrees that in the, at the end of result of understanding our Mishnah, the last line of that Mishnah, has to read, and Tuma is different, not in Pesach, Tuma is different in a different context. All right, the end of Mishnah Bet is here. Atzeikah which means a strange kind of dough. If similar kind of breads become chametz, it's asur. right? So the Gemara immediately asks, what if you don't have any similar bread to that? What do you do on, 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 with a, no, with a null, uh, null set of data? So you, you have as long as it takes, letting it, the dough sit, as it takes to walk from Migdal Nunya to Tiberia, which is a meal. Uh, the name of meal, just say a meal. And so Kamash Milan, we saw this in Megillah, the Shiur, the milk, Migdal Nunya V'yad Tveria, that they would sometimes teach two things by saying it's from point A to point B, which is a meal. So now you know that how long a meal is from point A to point B, Derach Agav. Ravau Amr Rabbi Shimon Lakish, Legabel Udfilah Untilat Yadayim Ba'amilin. For three halachot, we have a shear of four milin. Four milin, roughly the time it takes to walk 72 minutes. The the uh, distance it would take to walk in 72 minutes, meaning 72 minutes. Menachem bar Yitzchak, Aibu Amra, Aibu, which is Rav, Rav's father, said it, and said Rav Ba'am Amra. He said there were four things. Avud. 
and uh, and uh, and one of them, the, I mean, the fourth one, is about um, is about tanning. This is a Mishnah Chulin that says any time that you uh, you tan the hide or you walked on top of it, the amount of time it takes to tan it, it's tahor except for a human pelt. Okay, chama how long is that? I'm a Rabbi Ivu, I'm a Rabbi That's how Ivu gets in here. Kedei hiluch arba amilin. That same shear. By the way, all these things, Ligabel, as Rashi points out, um, is uh, as far as mixing dough, but it's not for Pesach. Um, if you're uh, kneading other people's dough, you're getting paid for it. And the Kelim of the Balabayit are Tamei. Um, the Chachamim said you have to go. F- up to four million to find a mikvah to put them in. After that, they say you don't have to go. You don't have any obligation to go. Litfilah um, means how far do you have to go to find a minyan to daven with? And that yadayim means um, how far you have to go to wash for a meal, even though the sugi and brachot seems to indicate that it's for tefillah. Um, and he said, That's only if it's in the same direction you're going, you just have to keep going for up to four million. And this is now a distance, not a time. To go out of your way, you don't have to even go a meal. Well, can you learn from there? You don't have to go a meal, meaning you do have to go up to less than a meal. So you do have to take something of a walk, even out of your way, to find the mikvah for the kelim, the gabel, to find a minyan for tefillah, and to find water for netzidat yadayim before you're going to eat. Okay, we'll pick it up at the Mishnah Gimel here at the bottom of Dafim Vav Amaral from the next podcast. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.